You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Welcome to Earth Station One, a weekly podcast dedicated to all things sci-fi, fantasy, and much, much more. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. That's right, folks. After last week's huge, huge discussion about Endgame, I thought, you know, it might be nice to do a nice, quiet geek talk. And, you know, Mike and I were just sitting around saying, who should we have on this? And so we have Kevin from the Flopcast and Darren from the Dragon Con Report. So, you know, how unmellow is that? You know, he'll be talking about chickens. Darren will be talking about fashion, you know, or apple pie. You know, his two favorite topics. It'll be very interesting to see. You might even get a Legion of Superheroes reference once or twice. You never know. And we'll have to decide who that's going to come from, though. But speaking of, you know, mellow talk, let's welcome my co-host for this week, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. Everything going okay this week? I am, uh, you know, still getting over the cold. I haven't got uh, con crud from the last con we were at yet. Sometimes yeah, that takes it's too soon. It's too soon. Yeah, yeah. But, um, uh, you know, uh, a great weekend. Um, not as geek-oriented as, uh, I mean, intensely oriented, geek-oriented as last week. So, so yeah, it is kind of nice to just sit back and, chill with some friends and and see what comes up let's uh let's just talk randomly mm, exactly and it's a lot of fun because you never know where the conversation's going to go you know when we have a set topic it's a lot of times it's like okay we've got to get here here and here to talk about the movie review or if we have talking about an artist or something like that when you have random geek talk you never know what's going to happen you know it might actually end up sounding like you know a bunch of nerds just you know ranting and raving about everything they love it's pretty cool though yes it could it could be a bunch of people ranting raving about what we love or in some really insightful thoughts or it could just be four old white guys bitching you could do that too and the thing the the thing is you know with it is we promise not a ton of end game talk that's you know one of the spoilers nope 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 no spoilers from game of thrones no spoilers for end game no spoilers for anything really so Mm -hmm. we're not going to talk anything about coffee cups in game of thrones at all i think you just did oops i guess i did (laughs) But we want to hear from you at home. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. It's been a little while since we gave a big shout out to our patrons. That's right, folks. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who has been donating and, you know, give, helping out with the ESO network. And yes, you can too for as little as 25 cents a week. And you can get previews. Anyone who's a patron gets this show early, gets Earth Station Who early, gets the Dragon Con report early. And, you know, and that's just available to all levels of our patron. But if you donate a little higher, you can get um, copies of ESO Network Riffs. You know, it's a great show that we're doing now, talking about some of the most loved and movies, TV shows, or even, you know, 
things that we haven't even thought about riffing about yet. It's going to be a lot of fun. You know, we'll talk about music videos maybe one time. Who knows? You never know what we're going to be talking about. So we got a lot of stuff coming to you. We also have a lot of the panels that Mike and I recorded at Hulanta over the weekend. It's a lot of fun, and we got a lot of, you know, stuff on tape to be able to play for you guys and that's going to be available to our patrons so you can find us at patron.com slash eso network doesn't get much easier than that also we haven't really talked about it and wanted to let everybody know that there is now a network feed all dedicated to the eso network where you can find all your favorite eso network shows all under one roof all you have to do is go to your favorite media player and listen at and look up ESO Network. It doesn't get much easier than that, folks. If you want to listen to Earth Station One, if you want to listen to the Flopcast, if you want to listen to Myopia, if you want to listen to Rusted Robot, any of those shows, anything that has the ESO label on it is up there. And they even go back a little bit with some of the archives, but we bring new shows to you weekly. And, you know, this is all on demand. And all you have to do is go to you know, iTunes, or you go to Stitcher, or you go Spotify, we are up there now as ESO Network. So we still have our feed now, and this is all free to you folks. This is not like the Patreon where you, you know, to help donate and you get bonus material. This is all free. Everything up on that you get from the ESO Network up on the media players, stuff like and such is all free for you to listen to. So, you know, you could download them. If you want to listen to them, that's great. If not, you have downloaded them. Thank you. That helps our numbers. So it's pretty cool. So we got a lot of good things to talk about. We have a very packed episode. So we are going to take a quick break and we will be back in a moment with the geek seat already. Wow. Bet you didn't expect that coming. This is Ashley Pauls with this week's Box Office Buzz. We are now well into summer movie season now that we've mostly survived Avengers Endgame. And Endgame is going to see its first real challenger this week in terms of the summer movie season with the movie Detective Pikachu, the live-action Pokemon film. This one's about a 20-something named Tim whose father disappears. Tim ends up teaming up with an unlikely helper, his father's Pokemon partner, Detective Pikachu, to solve the mystery. Now, a live-action Pokemon movie isn't necessarily something that I would have thought of or was necessarily even really looking for. This one is probably not going to be so much my thing, but I have seen so much buzz about this movie. It's tracking for an 80 million-ish opening weekend. Of course, could go higher or lower, but it's definitely generated conversations. I think it's done kind of a good job as billing itself as a sort of Deadpool light for kids. Of course, thanks to the voice acting talents of Ryan Reynolds, who also plays Deadpool. So yeah, this one will probably be the first film that has a real shot at knocking Endgame off the number one spot in the box office. We'll be interested to see how that plays out this weekend. We also have a comedy about two con artists called The Hustle, starring Rebel Wilson and Anne Hathaway, and then uh, the movie Tolkien, which is about the early years of the famous author's life and his involvement in World War I and how all that kind of tied into his creation of Middle Earth and the Lord of the Rings series later on in his life. 
Now this one is getting so-so reviews, which makes me a little bit sad because I love this author. I love the fictional works and think that a movie about his background is a great idea. But based on reviews, I may wait for DVD for this one. And speaking of DVDs, coming out this week is the Lego Movie 2. Now, if you didn't get a chance to see this in theaters, I would say this one's still worth renting. But just know going in that it's not quite as good as the first one, or at least that's what I thought. doesn't feel as fresh or inventive, so it looks like unfortunately the first Lego Movie may be a little bit of a one-hit wonder, but still entertaining enough to rent. And then they also have on DVD this week the documentary, They Shall Not Grow Old. I got a chance to see this World War I documentary in theaters, and it was just absolutely amazing. You've probably seen some of the classic World War I footage before, but I can promise you it was not like this. They have gone in and painstakingly, lovingly restored this footage to really tell these stories and make it come to life in a way that's enlightening and sobering. It's just amazing. Highly, highly recommend this documentary. And that's it for this week. If you're looking for more entertainment-related content, be sure to check out my blog, boxofficebuzzab.wordpress.com. This week on my blog, I'm going to be taking a look at the future of the MCU post-endgame. Do you like scary movies? Well, we do too. That's why the Spooky Dudes are talking horror movies every single week. We discuss the latest in horror news and review a different film in each episode. We'll bring you our opinions on the classics, the new stuff, and a little bit of everything in between. So if you enjoy horror movies and lighthearted, fun discussions, check us out. The Spooky Dudes Podcast right here on the ESO Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome back to Earth Station One. We are now here with our new friends from the PDX Broadsides. Welcome to the station. Hello. Hello. Howdy. Welcome. Yeah. For those people who may not be familiar with you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Uh, we are a Portland-based nerd folk pop trio, and we sing songs about fandom and feelings, science and Starbucks and Nathan Fillion's butt. Um, we have a lot of fun singing about the things that we love, and that really resonates with a lot of the 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 nerds out there too. So um, we get along quite well. And because of those things that resonate, we're now kickstarting our fifth studio album, which is called relatable Relatable content Content. for reason. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Fifth. Wow. So you guys are all pros at this, right? (laughs) I don't know. Like we've been a band. uh, Well, we've, Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's be specific. Holly and I, uh, Holly's our, our third member, um, and our friend Brandy, we formed the PDX Broadsides as an acapella dirty girl trio in 2011. And so we were singing like really dirty pirate shanties and uh, Brandy departed the group and Christian said, well, I play guitar. And I said, I'd like to start writing songs about zombies and robots. And Holly said the same. And so although we've been the PDX Broadside since 2011, Christian will tell you we weren't really a band until 2012. That's right. He joined us. That's right. I legitimized the whole affair. Gotcha. Well, that's, that's pretty outstanding. So, so for those people who may not be familiar with the music that you're doing now, Mm -hmm. um, has it evolved or like what's happening with this? Like you said, fifth album, right? 
Yeah. Um, one of the things that happened when we started uh, writing our own material was that uh, uh, we started talking about writing primarily about the things that we love, like pop culture and, and stuff like that, name dropping, uh, you know, Nathan Fillion, things like that. But then <laughs> sure. as, uh, as, as you do. As you do. <laughs> but then as, as the albums went on, we started to, um, I guess, mature uh, musically and lyrically. And we started branching out into not just, you know, name references and things, but also uh, songs about what it feels like when you meet somebody that you're a fan of or what it feels like when you are really unhappy or full of anxiety or in love or things like that. And uh, we found that that really resonates with, with audience members because they turns out feel those things too. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never felt any of that. You don't have to say it out loud. We know. know. And it's okay if you also don't have those feelings and like, you know, we're not here to judge because we still sing songs about Steven universe and game of Thrones and Arya Stark not being here for your nonsense. One more damn minute. Uh, Like we're, we're still singing about the things that, um, are our fandoms that we geek out about. Uh, but now we get to be vulnerable yeah. too. And that means a lot to us. And I think to our fans. Uh, uh, starting like, well, from the earliest, uh, like your earliest fandoms, what, what did you get into from, from very early on? Oh my goodness. In our lives or as a band? Uh, in your lives. Oh, <laughs> Star Wars. I still have. I have vivid memories of, of going to see Star Wars with my parents um, at the drive-in in Kentucky and sitting in the back seat and, and watching the movie and just being so mesmerized. I did not realize that I had cut my finger on a you know soda can pop top because I, uh, I was just enthralled. My first two earliest big fandoms were The Muppets and Carmen Sandiego. Uh, in that order, I, my parents took me to see Muppets see uh, uh, Muppets Take Manhattan mm. when I was little, little, and um, I sang through the whole movie. <laughs> when I was about six, my parents bought a Commodore sixty four and brought home Where in the World Is Carmen Sandiego? And to this <laughs> day, like I love the new Carmen Sandiego Netflix series. She's not the villain I fell in love with, but I really like the turn. So I, I have followed those fandoms my whole life. Are there any particular fandoms? <laughs> this is a loaded question, but I just thought of it. Are there any particular fandoms that you feel are, or that you found that are a little bit more sensitive than others? Huh, like in terms of uh, the, the, the community around them? Yeah, like when you, you know, sort of mm. incorporate something in a, a, like a song or something like that, where it's like, oh, that didn't go the way we thought it would. Or, hey, that's like really resonating. Um, um, I would say that anytime, uh, you decide that you're going to drop, uh, an anime reference, you have to be super careful. Super get it right. Yeah. That community in particular is very, they're very particular. Like you gotta get it right or don't do it. But if you do get it right, they love you and will die for you. Yes. Um, oh, scientists too. Mm. Oh, scientists are, are actually great. They were, um, so I'm a, a, an actual real life scientist. I'm a placentologist by day, which means I study placentas. You can have that job too, kids study hard, stay in school. It's great. Don't do that. <laughs> um, and we started doing a, a couple of like science museum gigs and things. And all of a sudden, like, 
we found that the science audiences were really excited anytime we we're like, we wrote a science-based song. And they're like, heck yes. Uh, so they're about it. And so we've done a whole lot of um, sci- like science museums, um, uh, science on tap, like uh, adult events, uh, based around science and we love those they're we, yeah. really supportive yeah and we we make sure to get the, to get the science right uh we're not just you know surface fans of science we're fans of deep knowledge <laughs> we get I, it right. do you almost feel like now um that you have sort of this you know you're, you have fans yourself that you sort of have to like well we need a, a, a fandom or we need to speak on this uh, this fandom on this album because we can't, we have to do it. Like there's just things we have to do. That's a great question. I think, well, so are we, this is our second Kickstarter. And on the last one, we uh, had custom songs and we have custom songs on this one too. But we opened up and said, all right, if there's a fandom we haven't written about, you too can hire us and pay us to write about <laughs> a fandom. And uh, we actually got really surprised in three of the songs that we wrote um, based on those Kickstarter responses are on the new album because we were so pleased with them and went, Oh, we didn't think to write about the King killer Chronicles um, or uh, a heartless, which is a um, young adult novel by mm-hmm. Marissa Meyer. Or uh, we didn't have uh, a Harry Potter song. We did not have a Harry Potter song yet. So sometimes, 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 yeah, sometimes uh, when, when people suggest things or when, when we think about what we haven't written about, um, it's... <gasps> no Harry Potter. <laughs> right? Exactly. No, when people suggest that, uh, there are so many different things. There are so many different things to be in love with that when someone mentions something that you haven't covered, you do stand to step back a little bit and say, why on earth don't we have a Harry Potter song? Good Lord. And then, you know that it just goes from there and you start thinking about, well, what, uh, you know, who's the best character in Harry Potter. That's really who we should focus on. It must be, it must be really rewarding though, to, to experience it from that side where someone likes your material, what you've done with other fandoms so much that they're like, please do that with mine. Yeah. Because people take their fandoms very seriously a lot of times and they don't like them being made fun. It's a, um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, a contract, kind of a social contract that you kind of enter into with, with, uh, with fans when they ask for something. Uh, they're in love with it, and they've invested so much of themselves into it that, you know, it's, sometimes it's a little stressful to think, well, okay, i got to get this right. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to belittle their fandom or do something wrong. Right. Yeah, you don't want to in- insult them. But it's really nice. I don't mind people saying, like, you should – the other day it was someone, you should write a song about Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, oh, yeah. which uh, would be really great. But at the same time, when you're running a Kickstarter where it's you've got songs as a reward, you're like, could you could you maybe please go back the reward so that we can, we can justify having the time to write this song? You could wait for us to get around to it, or you could – make us do it by backing our Kickstarter at this particular level. And we have to do it. See? What I can guarantee. What I don't like is when people slide into my DMs mm-hmm. and they say, I have a song idea for you. Here it is. I'm giving it to you for free. You oh. can just credit me. Oh, that's the worst. Can like, we? Don't do that to me. Is it I will. Thanks. That is a quick way to guarantee I will never <laughs> do your song idea. I'll do yeah. it. Though. I'll do it. <laughs> don't open that up. Don't open do that it. door. I've been sold uh, out. How dare you. 
Uh, well, very cool. Well, we'll definitely have a link to the uh, Kickstarter uh, on our show notes for those people who want to check that out. But, uh, but Mike, I think they're ready. I think it's time. I don't know if we're ready. Uh. Mm-hmm. I've heard this whimpering before. <laughs> <laughs> And they were nice and calm before this, you know? And so mm-hmm. they almost sounded, what would you want to say? Comfortable or something? <laughs> Suckers. Exactly. All right, Mr. Mike Gordon, tie the two young people up. Ugh. Ow. All right. Okay. Remember, there is no safe word, so not, you're screwed. Not, not at all. Wow. So, you know, and if there was, you wouldn't be able to figure it out anyway. So it's okay. Secret safe word. Very it's nice. definitely German. <laughs> oh, you have no vote. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, the closest German I know is Hogan's Heroes, and you don't want me to really use that. So it's okay. No. <laughs> All right. Um, we could either trade off questions. One goes one, one goes the other. Or you both can answer, whichever you guys feel how you want to do it. But the first question in the geek seat is, what was your favorite geek out moment? Mm, um, you know, I'm, um, I'm a super music geek, so it's, it's not necessarily, I guess it's pop culture. It doesn't too. have to be. You can but, be a geek uh, about anything. That's the great thing about it. Okay, yeah. That's what I like. I like going and seeing people at parties uh, for Super Bowl parties, wearing the jerseys and thinking, hey, they're cosplaying football. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Have you seen but people in the body makeup and stuff at football games? Yeah, they're cosplay. Yeah, for real. Um, uh, my favorite geek out moment then is is musical in nature. Uh, I when I lived in L.A., I had a chance to go see um, to go participate in a kind of a picnic for uh, Carl Wilson um, from the Beach Boys who had died of cancer. There was there was a fundraising sort of picnic there. And Brian Wilson was there in attendance, and he's the guy that wrote some of the music that I, I is up on my pedestal as some of the best ever made. So I got a chance to go talk to him uh, and and shake his hand and tell him how much uh, his music's meant to me. And uh, that's about all I could get out of my mouth because <laughs> I was just like hyperventilating and in palpitations. But that was great. That is awesome. That is really awesome. Wow, Brian Wilson. That is um, my favorite geek out moment was getting to meet Nathan Fillion mm. at Emerald City Comic Con uh, a couple years ago, and we had we have a song called Nathan Fillion, please take off your pants. Uh, it is <laughs> that those are the words that you need to know to sing the chorus you can find on the internet. Uh, and people ask us all the time, like, has he heard this song? Has he heard this song? I'm like, I, I don't know, but could you please be cool about it? <laughs> and we were in Seattle and I get up to take my picture with him and he looks at me and he looks at my broadside shirt and he says, I love your hustle. I'm like, well, um, <laughs> later, later that day, he, he tweets only one thing the entire time he's in Seattle and it's the picture of the two of us together. And I'm like, I'm going to take that as a quiet acceptance that Mr. Fillion is aware of our song and would like us to just not be weird at him about it, which I'm totally fine with. Yeah. So um, Nathan Fillion has, has allegedly heard our song, and I'm down with that. <laughs> that is awesome. That is really awesome. Wow. <laughs> you probably were like, <gasps> hot flash, hot flash. Oh, my God. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? <laughs> Be cool. And then you're thinking in your head, be cool, play it cool. And then you just look at him and go, thanks. It, it was like that. He smells like hopes and dreams. He's just, he's, he's amazing. Uh, so it was very kind of him to not uh, immediately send us a cease and, and desist letter. 
That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. What was your most disappointing geek out moment? And that would have been the cease and desist letter, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it would be uh, if, if he had sent us one. Um, man, my most disappointing one. I have a short one. Uh, and it's also music based. Um, I went to see uh, Adam Ant um, back in the 90s um, in San Francisco and got a backstage pass. And after the show, which was great, I walked around to where the backstage area was and got told uh, that Mr. Ant was only seeing ladies. Oh, no. Oh, you're kidding. Oh. It was a very uncool. You burnt. Yeah, I got <laughs> quite burnt. But, you know, that's that's how it goes. He 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 was going through some issues, uh, brain chemically speaking. So, you know, it's all good. Um, while I was in Paris, just... Uh, last month. Uh, as you do. As you do. Uh, I was there for a conference and Tom Hiddleston is in London right now in a show um, called, oh no. He's in a show in London. Called that's Hey important. Arnold, the musical. <laughs> that's one. Um, and it, uh, it looks amazing. And I was like, I bet I could swing it. I could get <laughs> on a train to go there and like overnight see the show book it back and they had front row seats available for like 200 bucks to be like sweating distance from tom hiddleston and i was like this this could be amazing and then eurostar went on strike because of brexit and there was no way for me to get there so i was disappointed that i didn't get to go see tom uh, as much as i would have really loved to see him act in person i love you mr hiddleston (laughs) that is awesome that is really awesome. Oh, God, that would have been like heartbreaking in a lot of ways. I'm glad that I hadn't bought the tickets first. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Because yeah. that would have been the worst. Yeah. But I was like, if they're still available, I could just hop on the train. But, you know, I had to settle for the consolation prize, which was spending an extra two days in Paris instead. Wow. So, yeah. you know, I made yeah. do. That's all right. Details. Details. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, so hard to be here in Paris, uh, you know. <laughs> what kicks you out the most? Science, for me, absolutely. Um, the uh, idea of getting to explore new things, ask new questions, make new discoveries. Um, if I am in a room with other people who do like science that isn't even necessarily related to mine, I'm really excited to talk to them about it and share ideas. Um, it's one of the reasons why I'm a big believer in science communication and, uh, why I like, I love working with science education in the public because if you're curious about it, I'm excited about it. Like this is my geekdom. I would have to say that uh, geeks me out the most would be uh, um, just in general world building. If you have created some sort of thing, some sort of creative effort, be it music or or literature or what have you, and you have spent time to create this rich uh, environment that really pulls you in and feels like a, a, a real place, that's, I go nuts over that. Like when I see, uh, like in comics, when they have a real rich backstory, and you can see uh, advertisements and signs and things like that that are that take place in that world, that kind of stuff I love. That is awesome. No, that's a really good answer, actually. I like that one. You ready for this one? What fictional character would you like to meet the most? Ooh. <sighs> Yikes. <laughs> Um, 
you got a good one? It does change from time to time. Uh, obviously, you know, taste change and stuff. But I would say um, Loki. <laughs> oh, no. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that, that character is super misunderstood. And I, I just think they need, uh, you know, just some understanding and, and a shoulder to cry on and stuff. And, and also, you know, Loki could be a man or a woman, depending. Depending where in the comic history it was. Exactly. You can't beat a trickster. You, you'll never be bored. You might be a frog, <laughs> but you'll never be bored. Um, I guess I've got a million answers to this one, but uh, the one that I'm thinking of right now is Harry Dresden, mm-hmm. um, you know, wizard for hire. Uh, I, I would love to get to sort of, he seems so funny and relatable. He's like the every man's wizard. And I would love to have a pint with him at max and totally. just get to chill out. And, and hopefully it's not when um, something is trying to break down the doors and ruin our day. No. I don't know. I would survive the onslaught. Yeah. That'd be cool though. You know, but, yeah. but you might not survive it. Like this next <laughs> question, what fictional character would you not like to meet? Thanos. Damn. <laughs> Was that your answer? That was exactly my answer. <laughs> Dude's got issues. Oh, he's he's got so many issues. He's got subscriptions, friend. Yes. Uh, he, yeah. No, Thanos would look at you and like judge you, and you are found wanting. All like, he no. cares about is himself and and what he wants, and he is. Yeah, he would look at you like a bug. I don't like that. He also looks like um, every time I look at him, like that coloring and the wrinkles and everything, mm-hmm. he reminds me of the California raisins, and I just can't. Yeah. I Not can't a big raisin that. fan. Yeah, that's why. Nope. It would be raisin awesome fruit. to have somebody walk up to him. Can you play singing on the Finding on the Grapevine? <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> snap. <laughs> oh, yep. Instant snap. You're gone. You're gone. Or that, or he'd get sunglasses and start singing for it. No. That would, it might be worse. Mm, exactly. That's what I'm I, thinking, I assume, actually. I, I can only assume he's stone deaf. You think? And just, and just pretends like he's not. He doesn't care. <laughs> he's that guy at the concert who just sings and sings and sings. Oh, and okay. you, everyone just puts it like a 30-foot circle around him. Like, Please keep don't. away, keep away, keep away. <laughs> exactly. What is your favorite geek word, phrase, quote, or pose? Uh, for me, um, it's Charles Darwin saying, but I am very poorly today and very stupid and hate everybody and everything. He wrote it in a letter to a friend of his when he was having a really rough day. And I remember that quote, and I end up having to look it up on a regular basis because I'm like, even Charles Darwin had days like the the granddaddy of evolution where he said, you know what? I'm feeling bad and I'm feeling real dumb and I hate everything and it is okay to feel that way. So I take some inspiration from that. So relatable. Instantly relatable. Totally understand that. I'm I'm a, I'm a sappy romantic. So I'm just going to go with always Uh, professor Snape. Oh, Oh. What is your ideal geek occupation? I think we're doing it. We're making music as nerds. I mean, it's pretty rad. If music counts, then that would be it. <laughs> if I could, yeah, you know, just, yeah. If, if your occupation is doing what you love to do, then, then that would be it. It would just be having the freedom to write 
um, music and perform music in front of people who want to hear it. There's yeah. nothing better than that. That is pretty awesome. You know, cause you, you actually get instant response a lot from live performing and everything. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and sometimes that live response really surprises us. Mm. Um, things that we, uh, think are, are, are great. People come up and say, Oh, I really like that you have a song about cosplay. And we're like, we do. <laughs> oh, we do. Or that song is about consent now. Um, and then there are the songs where we write them. We're like, we think they're funny, but nobody's ever going to get this. And then they end up getting a really warm reception. Uh, we have a song about um, breaking up with a physicist. Uh, it's called Delta U Delta Me. And people who are math, uh, statistics, and physics nerds love that song. And they're like howling. Everybody else like thinks it's funny. Though explaining to Christian, he's like, that's a sad song. It's Why is everyone sad... laughing? I'm like, it's hilarious. I had to come to terms with the fact that everybody but me thinks it's funny. It's hilarious. That's the way it goes. And you just get that look like a dog, you know, going, huh? Oh, what? Yeah, what? Oh, exactly. <laughs> when, yeah. when audiences are particularly moved by a song, though, like uh, like Heartless, and it, it like if they start to cry, like I can't look at them because I will cry too, and only one of us is allowed to cry, and it's probably not the person who's on stage. So uh, that can be a, a challenge, but I love love getting that feedback from live audiences. It oh, really yeah. drives us. Oh yeah. Oh, that is awesome. I like that a lot. What geek occupation would you not like to do, though? Hmm. Um, I would not like to be a red shirt. <laughs> um, I would say geek occupation would be... Um, uh, promoter, some sort of marketing thing, sales, anything in sales. Like for... for that's not really very geeky, though. Uh, <laughs> it does, it, hey, it still counts. I'm gonna come and say comic book editor because those those people just don't do not get the credit they deserve, and it's it's one of those thankless tasks, and it takes a lot of time, and you really have to put a lot of your yourself into your work, and and uh, it really doesn't get seen. I'm still going with red shirt. Final answer. <laughs> final answer, Regis. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And survey set now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Are you two ready for your question in the geek seat? I don't know. These ropes are pretty uncomfortable, so I'm going to say probably. Yeah, just one more, I think. Oh, <laughs> did we mention that we do not let you go after you answer? Oh, oh. the fine print. Yeah, they, I love how they kind of assume that once the questions are done, they are untied. No, we saw <laughs> we saw the misbehaving us. mavens in the uh, back, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. You know, oh we, yeah, we love them. Um, should our our Kickstarter fund um, for our album and East Coast tour, we're actually performing with the Maidens in DC. So every backer counts right now. Help us perform with the the dirtiest mother filkers we know. That's right. That is awesome. Yep, <laughs> they're good friends of the show. So oh, definitely, and that you guys they couldn't stop raving about you. So it's they, awesome. They are just the sweetest and just super talented people. For such dirty-mouthed humans, really? they are the sweetest. We call them our cuddle enemies, and uh, but there's there's absolutely nothing but love there. We yep. like them a lot. Yeah, that is awesome. That is truly awesome. I'm All just right. trying to distract you from this last question. Oh yep. no, Mike Gordon, <laughs> tighten the ropes. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's on us. Exactly. Okay. You guys deserve that one. 
All right, folks from the uh, wonderful, wonderful PDX broadsides, what is your ultimate geek fantasy? It better not be the same as mine. Uh, Christian? Go ahead. No, you first. Uh, My um, ultimate geek fantasy would be to go with my band and play music on the Joko cruise. (gasps) Shut up. That was mine. I knew it would be. (laughs) (laughs) Great minds think alike. (laughs) <laughs> the, the the Joko cruise that Jonathan Colton uh, puts on every year. It's a cruise ship, and it is the boat is stuffed to the gills with just the the creme de la creme of the geek community from from authors like Patrick Rothfuss uh, to to comic book people Kelly Sudakonic and uh, Paul and Storm in the music department. It's just and it's nonstop just nerdery and games and music and. Oh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, we used to say for a while that if the band had a mission statement, it would be someday we are playing on Joko. And uh, we eventually realized that that was um, unrealistic because Joko is Joko and they will call us when they are ready. Please call us uh, because we're ready. But we, we've we decided like we're we're making nerd music for nerd people. That's our, our mission statement now. But we hope that what we do is enough done with enough love and enough fervor mm-hmm. that one day we will get to play Joko because that would be the ultimate. I think yeah. if we the day that we get that call, we would cry and cry and cry. Probably getting but, the call from Dragon Con uh, last year yep. was was up there on our fantasy list for sure, and we had a blast. And then they called us again. We're coming back this year. Uh, they they've already invited us back as a house band again, and we are over the moon about absolutely. it. Absolutely, Dragon Con was uh, fantastic. But the the only thing we could think of that would be even better would be would be Joko. That is awesome. That is truly awesome. And we look forward to actually meeting you this year at Dragon Con. Excellent. Yay. Yeah. Well, uh, we're a house band. We'll be there um, all, <laughs> I would say all five days, but it just gets longer and longer. And longer. However many <laughs> days there are for N equals days, we'll be there N. We'll be there. Uh, we're already excited this year about like, I'm starting to make a costume for the bunny hutch night mm-hmm. where uh, last year we saw more, like we're in Portland, which is a very music active city. And we saw more musical acts in four days at Dragon Con than I think uh, we saw collectively in six months in Portland. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing. The, and fine, the, depth- the fine folks who do the uh, folk track at Dragon Con are just truly spectacular. Yeah. No, Amber uh, is particularly wonderful, and she's running the folk track again this year. Um, and we did uh, a show on the science track, so we'll be back on science this year. Uh, as a house band, there were 27 house and main bands last year. And so we went and saw as many of them as we could. Just so, so much to see. And Dragon Con has been a really mm-hmm. welcoming uh, community to us. So, yeah. yeah that we're is awesome. We will back. definitely, we will make it a point to meet up with you. Good. Yay! Do. But I got some good news for you, too. What? What's that? Did we win? You've made it through the geek seat. Congratulations! Mexico, Christian, you've won. Mr. Mike Gordon, tell them what they get out of this. You have won a lifetime subscription to the ESO Network, a value easily worth $80 and four cents. Fantastico. We're still not going to untie you, though. Oh, um, that's fine. But just think, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll extend the ropes for Dragon Con for you, so it's okay. <laughs> that's all we ask, really. That's all we ask. 
Will the boarding doors close around our ropes? That's fine. That's right. So have, we know how to get back because we just we just follow the ropes back. Yep. No, all you have to do is tug on it just a little bit, and you'll be whisked back. <gasps> whisked. That exactly. sounds really dangerous and nausea-inducing. We're in. <laughs> so please tell us where we can find out more information about you, and of course the Kickstarter and getting involved with that. Yeah, I would love to. So we are PDX Broadsides. You can find us online at pdxbroadsides.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and where all fine music and some not-so-fine music is sold. Our Kickstarter is called Relatable Content, the PDX Broadsides fifth studio album and first East Coast tour, live now on Kickstarter through April 23rd. And if you missed all of that, just follow us again. It's pdxbroadsides.com. Awesome. Definitely we'll have that in the show notes. And thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank you, Mike and Mike. Thank you, man. Thank you, Mike and Mike. I just got so excited. I went all Muppet face. Ah! <laughs> all your arms and everything like Kermit. It's- Kermit flail. Exactly. Kermit flail. It's awesome. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment with some random geek talk. everybody iconic rock talk show moment this is michelle here with some of the hard-hitting journalism that you have come to expect from the iconic rock talk show moment former libertines and baby shambles frontman pete now peter doherty has been hospitalized with a stab wound seems he was walking his two huskies one of them grabbed a hedgehog i have never been to the uk but i hear so much about hedgehogs there that i just picture them walking down every street and all in everybody's gardens and just all over in britain anyway as he tried to get them apart he got a puncture wound from one of the quills and it got infected he ended up tweeting some blurry photos of himself looking pretty peaked in the hospital in hospital with a shout out to the wonderful men and women of the NHS. Here, here on that. Um, it was bad enough that he missed some interviews to promote his new album, Peter Doherty and the Puta Madres, which is out now. Also, Martin Scorsese's new d- documentary about Bob Dylan, Rolling Thunder Review, A Bob Dylan Story, will be released June 12th on Netflix. Isn't Martin the guy that thinks Netflix films aren't really movies and they shouldn't be an Oscar contention? But anyway, June 12th, Netflix. It's being called part documentary, part concert film, part fever dream. This is his second Dylan documentary. The first one was back in 2005 uh, called No Direction Home. And in conjunction with the documentary, a 14 CD box set of Dylan's Rolling Thunder review is being released. I don't know how many Dylan box sets there are, how many hundreds of discs they take up, but damn, it's got to be a just a staggering number by now. Anyway, this has been the Iconic Rock Talk Show moment. Not going to put this um, information up on the blog this week, but I am working on an entry about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now that the induction season is over. Hope to get that up at iconicrocktalkshow.wordpress.com this week. And until then, we will see you soon. Did 
do know the ESO Network has a brand new Patreon? That's right. We're asking for your help, and you could do it for as little as a dollar a month. Don't fret. All your favorite shows will still be available for free as always, but now you can get exclusive podcasts and more not heard anywhere else but on our Patreon. To sign up for the ESO Network, Patreon's easy. All you have to do is click on the link on the top navigation of the ESO Network website or go to patreon.com slash ESO Network. With your support of the ESO Network, it's you who will reap the rewards. Welcome back to the Earth Station One podcast. Now it's time for some random geek talk. Mike? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know that was my cue. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, this this is really random. That's how random we're going to be. <laughs> just random. Uh, yes. Uh, well, yes, we are just going to... There's no specific topic. We're going to see where the conversation uh, takes us tonight. And, uh, and that's we got a good end. friend. I was going to stay in. We're not editing that out at all. Of course not. Uh, less work for you, right? Um, Smart man. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, yes, we've got a great friend of the station here with us, Kevin Eldridge, right from Chicken Town. Hello, Mike and Mike. Howdy, sir. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Well, sure. I, I got the call. I was summoned up here to the station, to the mothership, and I heard we're doing some kind of random geek talk tonight. And, I mean... I consider myself more of a jock, but I'm going to try to uh, get myself in that nerd geek level that you guys operate on. I'll do my best. Got that uh, suffering from that jock itch, are you? We'll see how it goes. Okay. He's doing um, all these runs now, so yeah, he kind of is, you know, a jock. <laughs> you know, I know, right? I Mr. To... I'm going to miss some meetings because I have to watch the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, in, in the Boston area, even the nerds and geeks. <laughs> Stop oh, I know. For the Super Bowl. Believe me. I know. <laughs> so, uh, uh, all too well. I was at Hulanta this weekend and, uh, I was watching the Bruins, because uh, yeah. it hit the playoffs. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, we just, uh, you know, and, and this is cool because, uh, you know, I mean, one of the things that, uh, about, uh, the podcast when we started, uh, we kind of thought of it in a, along the lines of, a um like a panel like you know that you would see at a convention or dragon con or whatnot so we come up with topics and we have panelists join us uh which you're all familiar with uh i'm sure and then every once in a while we like to to sort of just chat like you would like you go into a comic shop or something and and guys just be around chatting and uh we don't get to do that very often because it seems like there's always something that we want to talk about but every once in a while especially after the juggernaut weekend that we had uh, at least nerd wise, geek wise last weekend, we thought it would be a good time to just kind of stop and pause and, 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 and talk about things for a little while and um, just see where the conversation goes. But I do have sort of one, one sort of topic, I guess that we can sort of start with because I thought it was kind of an interesting thing. Whereas it seems like, you know, this year, 2019 is a, is a big year as far as, three major geek franchises are quote unquote ending, or at least turning into like turning, like closing one chapter and beginning a new one. Uh, we're on the verge of 2020, which uh, just seems like a nice round year to, to restart things. Uh, so there seems to be, seems to be an element here of, as we in, are in 2019 of sort of this sort of out with this decade onto the new one. You guys sort of feel that as well? 
Ah, you're here. Hey, oh, it came just in time. <laughs> Perfect timing. Are you done? We, we just finished. Different. Yay! <laughs> I win. You you <laughs> get Aaron. to you get to sit on the Iron Throne. <laughs> is it lubed <laughs> oh here we go you can tell Darren I, I, showed up it's gotta, I mean, it's gotta, it's gotta be, be a record com- it's gotta be comfortable I'm sorry I, just, <laughs> I look at that and go tetanus is the least of your concerns so you know so uh, you so, yeah. have a Starbucks cup on it <laughs> Darren just walked into the station thank you Darren Noel what's up What's hey up? guy, how you doing? You know, <laughs> it's a Monday. <laughs> so um, I don't know if did you hear the sort of just uh, starting point. So we're just going to go from you know we're just going to talk some random stuff. But I thought um, you know uh, just to start us off, uh, obviously this year, 2019, end of the decade. Uh, there's a few franchises that are are closing chapters and starting new ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you kind of feel that sense of of things closing this year? I, I I kind of do. I mean, we've got a whole bunch of TV shows that seem to be wrapping up. Aren't, I, I know Arrow's wrapping up. Isn't Gotham also wrapping up? Yeah, as as well? it's Gotham well. has, has it's wrapped. over. Yep. It's it's wrapped. Yep. So um, the bat has flown. So, <laughs> yeah. So so DC TV is 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 slowing down, and of course the Marvel movies aren't slowing down so much but we certainly had an ending to what we'd had in the previous decade that was pretty big in here we are game of thrones ending yeah lots of stuff is gonna end it's like what's gonna fill the vacuum so we have to wait and see i'm looking forward to disney plus and and those shows that are gonna be on there with the star wars and the marvel franchises there so yeah, that's and these things you know, Game of Thrones and the MCU and uh, uh, you know the, the 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 next Star Wars film and all these things they they kind of have been going for about the same amount of time as well. Like this is all stuff that's been going for about a decade, and yeah, it's it's hard to consider anything ending just because there's always so much coming. You know, there's always another major new thing about to come out. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely a shift going on, and probably as Darren just mentioned, in part it's because the streaming services seem to be where the focus is these days. I, I think it's interesting. And I sort of realized this when we were recording our end game discussion last week that, um, you know, I mean, like you said, a lot of this stuff has been around for, you know, a decade or so, a lot of these things, but star Wars in particular, the, the Skywalker saga has been around, uh, you know, most of my life. And it's sort of, it's going to be an odd feeling to see that, because there were times where we didn't think that was ever going to come back. Um, and when Star, like, like back in the, back in the seventies, when Star Wars came out and Jaws and Close Encounters and all that stuff, and the summer blockbuster was kind of born, um, I don't know if we ever thought that we would see like history, like made like that. And then here we are with Endgame looking like, like history is being made again and the, the game is changing. It's it all just happens so fast these days, and that even a, a monster event like Avengers Endgame, it's all right, we all go and see it all at once, and then we're <laughs> we're always three weeks away from the next giant thing to come out, and and so yeah, it, it's great that we can still have these giant achievements and, and these game changing sort of event uh, uh, projects, uh, which is. Obviously, I mean, you guys did a whole show about Endgame, so we're not going to go too deep on Endgame. But just, mm-hmm. I, I just thought, what a magnificent achievement this was. But that said, 
Yeah, Mike, when you go back to that, that late 70s through the early to mid 80s run of just pop culture explosions coming out of Lucas and Spielberg and that, that whole camp, that really seems special in its own way. And maybe it's just because that's when we were kids to some extent, but it really feels like that's, that's even hard to, to top or to equal, even though we get the big things these days, but it's still not quite the way it was then. Is there is there something from that period? I, I mean, especially you, Kevin, because I know how much you love the '80s and and holding on to that stuff. I never like, really left. Like, I was gonna say, like for dear life. <laughs> um, but is there something in particular that you know that you look at and you just like, well, yeah, um, I might be looking at that with rose colored glasses. Like, there's there's some stuff that yeah, it must be nostalgia <laughs> because some of that is just yeah, that doesn't hold up. Oh, sure the. The, the quality, I mean, you could look at television in general, almost as a whole, you can apply that statement to in that mm-hmm. television is so high quality these days. Oh, yeah. And yes. it's, it's the point, where I've said this before, I don't know if I've ever made this point here on Earth Station One, but you don't have time to watch every great TV series that's produced these days. None of us oh, do. No, no, no way. No. Whereas when we were young, there'd be maybe... <laughs> two or three really good shows. So you could watch all the really good shows plus a whole bunch of bad ones because that's what was on. Whereas now nobody has time to watch everything that's great. Yep. It's true. So even as a drooling eighties nerd, I will concede that TV is way better today. (laughs) Modern TV shows don't have enough cars rolling down in banquets and then then exploding (laughs) cars flipping over to the bottom. Yes. Yes. Those, that's what it's missing that those the chip days all know. those late 70s uh, yeah, tv shows so much of it was just long scenes of just overhead shots watching cars and trucks on highways mm-hmm. that just passed for entertainment back then pretty much night rider <laughs> <laughs> we we did yeah i mean we, we i look back at some of that stuff yeah it is amazing like like a lot i see so much stuff that was done then that well here's the sad thing i think i see so much stuff that was done then that not only wouldn't be done now but couldn't be done now because of some stupid thing right like i and i'm not i'm not getting i mean i'm i'm glad that uh we are uh, more sensitive now as far as diversity and, and a lot of that but there's a lot of things that uh i think that you know like that were really progressive at the time. Like if you look at a show, like not even nerd wise, but like all in the family, right. You couldn't do not all in the family now. Yeah. All, uh, all in the family no. was, I don't even think you could make mash now. Not, not quite the way they did it back then. Yeah, no. uh, absolutely. And again, some, uh, some changes are for the better and all in the family was so special. And the, the boundaries that they were pushing back then it holds up and that was a quality show and it holds up today and it still yep. can shock, you know, I mean, the word, the language they used, you know, that there, there's a word that they would toss out on that show that you could not say on a sitcom anymore on Nash. There was a character with a name in the very early in the movie in the first season with, with a shockingly racist, horrifying nickname that you would not hear on a TV show anymore, nor should you. No, it, and it's, wow. you know, you could say it now. It's, it's a character in fiction. You know, his name was Spearchucker. And, you know, he was, you know, former NFL player who, you know, got drafted and they used it to their advantage in the movie. I was talking about Radar O'Reilly, but yeah, that's a good example too, Mike. Okay. 
But um, now we're gonna get letters. Yep. What letters? Like anybody gets letters. <laughs> Just angry texts. That's right. Send it to Pennsylvania eight four seven five. <laughs> New York, New York, Radio City. <laughs> Send it to Zoom. I know two people get that reference. Oh, I got yeah, it. Yeah, oh, we, we got, got it. the reference. <laughs> oh, two, one, three, four. We're not wearing our stripe, you know, rugby shirts. So. Yeah, we're, we're, we're good right now. We're good. We I, don't need to run around a, a dark set. I am up here in Zoom territory as we speak. Mm. That was a Boston show. Yep. <laughs> so it's pretty awesome though yeah it's it's interesting you know you no matter what comes out and we talked about it a few weeks back on earth station who we've talked about it on our show here we've talked about it on the dragon gun report about how the trolls are just everywhere <laughs> nowadays and it's just in some ways it feels like it's you would think it would be getting better because people are aware of it and everything, but it just seems like it's getting worse and worse. Well, the internet is a hive of scum and villainy. I mean, it just <laughs> is. And there, there's nothing to be done about people from the anonymity of behind a computer screen saying all kinds of god-awful things about a number of god-awful subjects. So there, there's the people... I don't understand the zeitgeist of, well, I don't watch that, so it must be awful. You know, the, the the whole people who pop up out of the snow every year to say, I don't watch Game of Thrones or I don't watch Marvel or or whatever it is. Why are you talking in order to like yeah, in, in order to like some kind of superiority complex, oh that's not for me. But if you do some research on their on their Facebook or their Twitter, you're gonna find out that they're into football or they're into something else that you could consider a geeky hobby, you know, whatever. And it's like, Oh, so you're you're just throwing stones. Okay. Because you think your hobby is more superior than my hobby. And it's like, okay, well, that's cute. You go over there. Yeah, <laughs> Stew in your own juices for a while, please, and leave the rest of us alone. There's a lot of that because I see just as many, many people like, you know, the, like uh, in the geek community, like when something like the Super Bowl happens, like saying the same thing, like, oh, we don't really care about sports ball. Mm-hmm. Or is, is, you know, in that. So there is this sort of. Yeah, I don't understand it either. I mean, I, I don't understand why, uh, you know, people feel the need to put energy uh, into s- something they don't like. <laughs> I just, like, I'm like, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's time. My time's short, man. I don't have a, like, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I certainly don't want to podcast about things I don't like. Um, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want That would actually be a fun show. <laughs> I mean, every once in a while it happens, you know, every once in a while we pick a subject that, uh, or we see a movie that doesn't thrill me. Um, and certainly I'm critical of things, but you know, uh, yeah, I don't, you know, if this was, I, I do know that there are podcasts out there and all they do is, is spew, you know, hate and nonsense. And I just, I don't, I don't, I'm like, why would you put energy into that? Mm-hmm. No, but I guess it's just that 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 like that thing from from a marketing perspective. I mean, we were taught that you know, like more people will take the time to complain than they will take the then time they will to, praise yeah. to praise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's true about anything. Like so, you know, like a lot of times when you get feedback, um, you know, you're going to get negative comments a lot more often than you will get positive comments. 
Very true. It's, it's interesting how it is. That's the same way it is with us. You know, if we say something stupid for a change, or if we say, say stuff, isn't that every week? Of course. But if you also say something that people don't agree with, like when we were talking about the shootings a couple of years ago, we started talking, you know, about when the kids got killed at the schools and, you know, that it needs to stop and stuff. We got hate mail off of that. From, I believe it. I totally believe that. And it was just ridiculous. But that's the only time we've ever gotten hate mail. We've had people who disagree with us on some things. But if the peop- if we're doing good, we don't hear from people. And that's the, the, that's the complete truth. Well, I go back to I, w- I was at Heroes Con one year. And it was the year that uh, 52 was running for DC. And they had introduced the new lesbian Batwoman. And uh, the DC panel basically said they got hate mail threats about Catwoman being a lesbian. Well, look at what they're doing now. You don't even know who the character is. Look at at the death threats against the guy who's writing, was it Identity Crisis? Or uh, Heroes in Crisis? Yeah, Yeah, the Heroes in Crisis. Yeah, Yeah. because they made uh, Wally West a killer. Yeah, that's ridiculous it's a book yeah it's a book and i to- perspective i totally disagree with what they're doing in it yeah well that's different yeah that's, a criticism. that's criticism but i wouldn't threaten the guy for it no you know this, this is his take on it and you know he's wrong but it's still his take on it <laughs> and it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to be critical it's it's not okay to be violent about it no no no, no. We, we are in this era where people can just say the most amazingly heinous things from the safety of their own homes and they don't get called back in the old days remember you had to go up to someone and tell them you didn't like them right you had to have a personal confrontation because you didn't have their address you didn't have their phone number you had to actually go up to them and talk to them and now i'm just one tweet away from thousands and millions of people to say i don't like x i think she sucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. You know? And and the, and there you are, and you've you've joined that whole thing, and that's it's. <sighs> yeah, it it's is. Man, it's manners. It's manners, people. Treat it's, people what you want. Treat people how you want to be treated, please. Like like Mike said, we get a lot. Like we get we get you know people who who will uh, email us and and tell us when they don't like something that we've done on the show, but we don't. I mean, we don't get a ton of praise, but yet when we go to events and we meet people. Um, it's, it's just the opposite. I mean, people come up and they'll be like, you know, Oh, I just want to let you know, we really, we listen to the show all the time. We really like you guys. And it's like, Whoa, like, okay. That's cool. Cause I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's always, it's always great when you're at a con or when you're someplace and people come up to you, are you so-and-so from this podcast or this radio show or this TV thing or band, whatever. And, you know, they say, come up to you. I love what you're doing. Or, you know, they just talk to you. And it's like, they, a lot of times they feel like they already know you. And it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Cause, Cause they're listening to you all the time. I get that. Someone at Dragon Con will recognize my voice from either here or Legion of Substitute Podcasters and go, Hey, I know that voice. It's like, Hey, what's up? You know, <laughs> and we'll have a quick conversation while I'm drinking. <laughs> when aren't you drinking? 
No, no, no. <laughs> if they want to buy me a drink, I'm fine with it. Yeah, you didn't have to add that one I'm drinking part. There. We, we, <laughs> that Venn diagram. You could do the dragon kind of math on that, that part of it. Uh, not to not to make this into a, a Dragon Con report, but I'm sort of curious for you guys: Is Dragon Con your still like your, or is it a, is it your number one show of the year? Yes, it, it's my only show this year. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm, I I went to like four shows last year, and I have to take a break this year. I'm saving up for a house. Oh so. sure. Ah, but budget okay. had to take a hit, so it's it's Dragon and nothing. Yeah, I've. I've cut back on how many conventions I go to the last two, three years. Also, you know, I'm, I'm probably, I show up at less than a half dozen probably over the course of the year. And there's only two that I've been traveling to for the last couple of years. Dragon Con is one of them. And then I also do Convergence uh, in Minneapolis in the summer, uh, a couple of local shows here in Massachusetts. And that's about it for me these days. But yeah, Dragon Con mm-hmm. still my top priority. Is that the reason then you've been sending cornflake to all these different cons and such? Yes. So you don't have to? I stay here and relax and we dispatch cornflake to see and do strange things. Yes. <laughs> to, to, to teach water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm of the same boat. I mean, I, I don't do as many shows. I certainly don't set up at as many shows as I used to. There was a time of maybe five years ago or even three years ago where I was doing a show a month and that, that's insane. But I know people who go like every other week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like and how, they, how do you afford that airfare, uh, hotel food? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I get that you're, you're probably not blowing a thousand at the dealer's room everywhere you go, but how do you afford a vacation every other week? <laughs> and also, it, it, I mean, it, if you're setting up like Mike and, and selling your books, that's one thing. But mm-hmm. just to go to a convention practically every other week, isn't uh-huh. there sort of a sameness that kicks in? If you, you're seeing the same guests, the same people, the same yeah. vendors, and you know, I would think so. <laughs> I mean, it's a different if you're a dealer. I'm not. Oh, I'm sure. not saying dealer you're, you're because that's the, that's their yeah, livelihood. They're they're doing work. I'm talking about you know the the people who are going to the panels and I. You know, I just don't understand how that can be all you do. Yeah, because even like I've stopped going to <laughs> a lot of the bigger local shows here in Massachusetts. Uh, it's been several years since I've been to Rhode Island Comic Con or to uh, what was Boston Comic Con. Now it's Fan Expo. And those are kind of the two big Comic Cons around here. I haven't been to them in years just because those are big, big celebrity autograph shows. And, you know, I, I have a, my big convention is Dragon Con. So I feel like I don't need to go to these things. They're all kind of the same every year. Mm-hmm. It is. And, you know, it also gets to a point, and this is going to sound really sad because this was the first year when I went to Dragon Con that I was like, God, everyone looks so young. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, it was just a weird feeling. It's like, these are mostly people around William's age now. And you yeah. should go to Momocon. <laughs> no, yeah, I can get arrested for that. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't. If, I don't need to go to MomoCon. No, no, no. I'm not a babysitter. If you no. think, if you think people are, you think you look around at Dragon Gummy like, man, there's a lot of kids here to go to. Yeah, it's like, oh wow, this is a very large kindergarten. <laughs> See, I'm not age appropriate for MomoCon. <laughs> exactly. Wait, you're over fifty, getting close to it. Uh, nope, sorry. Yep, nope, sorry. Five hundred feet away, sir. Five hundred feet away. <laughs> like I, you know, at Dragon Con or at other conventions, no, that's I have why no I should issue, you, sir. 
issues going around and taking pictures of people in costume. But at Momocon, I feel really creepy. I actually second guess myself. I'm like, is it okay for me to go and ask to get your picture taken? Because ask their parents I, I'm first. The guy. Yeah, ask their babysitters. <laughs> 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 wow, this is degraded real quick. Yeah, it did. Wow. But um and then I, I don't know, I'm I'm hoping it's not a trend, but we've seen at least in the southeast here, I mean, we just went to Hulana for the last time. They're not doing that show anymore. Oh really? Uh, wow. Yeah, Concastaburus is uh is a show that uh it was, usually happens in the southeast. It's a Doctor Who convention, but that's not happening this year because Founder had some personal. Now that one looks like it's going to come back next year, but you never know. Um, Con GT is that what it was called, Mike? Yes. Up, up in Tennessee is not happening anymore. Um, Treklanta gets barely a hundred people, if that. Um, uh, a lot of the smaller shows are really struggling, I think. There are just so uh, many of these the, shows that we, we, uh, it, we've hit saturation. Absolutely we have. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. That- it, it used to be, back in the old days, <laughs> right, I'd get on the uh, porch here and uh, get my rocking chair out. Um, it used to be there was one show a year. If you were lucky, there was one show near you. Yeah, a year. yeah, and every region would have its show. Yeah. And now it's... And, you, and now you would... On occasion, you would drive to like a neighboring state for a big show. Um, here it was uh, Atlanta Fantasy Fair. Dixie Trek would hit the Star Trek stuff early in the season, and if you were feeling particularly party filled, you would go to Magnum Opus Con. But all those cons got um, sucked up for for Dragon, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. And now all these other cons have kind of prol- proliferated everywhere. Where you have a con in places where you're like. There's not enough people to come to this con near where the con is being held. And there's some great people doing these cons. There are. And you know, yeah. and you really feel bad for some of them because they put their hearts and soul into it and they barely get 50 to 100 people at the show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Mike, that one show you went to up in Tennessee. And- oh yeah, Matrothamcon. It was their new their their first convention ever. And the guy the people that were putting it on were so nice. They they did everything that you should do. I mean they 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 treated us really well. I mean they treated all their guests great. They they bought us breakfast, lunch, and almost dinner. Yes. Like every Wow, night. that's very nice of them. Um like Dragon Con tried doing that. <laughs> no. They had, they had a decent guest list. They had a ton of people from the animated X-Men series, um, as well as bands and all this other kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, and they put, they, they did publicity and marketing was great. I mean, I couldn't like, I, I saw their ads all the time online and, and they did billboards and everything like that. And now the good news is, is that they're, they're, they're stepping up. I think because they did so well enough that they understand what's going on. So they're stepping up next year. They're moving from Eastridge, Tennessee to Chattanooga. I think so, that'll and, help. I definitely do. Yeah. And they're going to the convention center in Chattanooga. So there'll be, you know, uh, more central based, more uh, metro based, if you will. Um, if you can call Chattanooga metrop- metropolis of any kind. Of course, I've been is Chattacon still a thing? Yes. Chattacon okay. is still a thing, as is Canuga. Canuga. So okay. now they, so now they're they're actually approaching like like territory where there's already like two established Chattanooga conventions, and they're coming in going, "Hey guys, 
Yeah. Um, so same. that's that's interesting. Yeah. Because <laughs> the thing is, they're the same kind con of con. people don't get it. Yeah, they're the same type of con too. It's not like one is a you know Doctor Who con, one's a literature con, or another one's a general geek you know con. All of all three pretty much are the same type of con. Well, Kanuga is more literary based, I think. I don't think so. Is it noticeable though? I always thought so. Because I always heard, I, I, always heard actually, I always heard Chattacon was more literary based. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Chattacon is. I'm sorry. You're right. I see. I got him confused there. But because uh, <laughs> they're all the same, that's why. <laughs> I mean, it's great that we have these cons, but and I, I'm not poo pooing the idea of having cons. I'm just like the market is going to rise up what's going to survive. And it's no longer going to be like the fan-led cons. It's going to be cons led by business people who know how to be cutthroat. Well, yeah, you know, not just five people who like to play D&D together who hey, let's put on a con. It, you know, it's and, obviously big business these days. Conventions have totally. gone fully mainstream. It's a huge business, and that's why we've seen it grow and grow the way it has so astonishingly over the past decade and there's room for the smaller shows uh in if they if it's the right fit if it's the right show at the right time in the right location some some of these smaller shows can still do well but yeah a lot of them will not just because we're, we're oversaturated i was shocked um a couple of years ago to learn that new england didn't have a who convention at all i mean when you think of of uh you know when i think that there are like there were uh, like five or six who related conventions in the Southeast. Cause there was one in Florida. Uh, like I think there was one in South Florida. There was one in Tampa. There was one in Atlanta. There was one in Hunt, um, Huntsville and a couple in Tennessee, uh, Kentucky, I think around there too, if you want to include that. Um, and I was like, wow, look at all the who related stuff. And then in new England, nothing yeah like, i was like yeah wow yeah, to my knowledge yeah there, there isn't a, a dedicated doctor who convention in new england i think the long island had one for a couple of years and that's probably as close as it's been yeah yeah because i remember talking to when i was up there for uh the northeast comic con yeah. i was talking to the boston whovians and that's when they were telling me they're like yeah we don't have one i was like wow that's yeah that's amazing to me that i'm a trump like that an area like that wouldn't have at least one um Especially when I consider that it seems like the New England area, particularly like Boston, seems to be like one of, I don't want to say it's the, like a birthplace, but it's a major, like, for me anyway, growing up, I, it's, it's a big Doctor Who spot because uh, GBH was one of the first stations yeah, that really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boston's, yeah. Boston's PBS station is certainly one of the major uh, PBS stations around. And yeah, the Boston convention scene, obviously, there's so many big major shows. We have PAX East and Anime Boston and Fan Expo Boston and Aresia that, that I participate in and, and a bunch more. So it's, it's, there's only room for so much of this stuff, I guess, because yikes, we have so much going on. Well, people only have so much disposable income. Oh, yeah. we, we've talked about this before when Disney was putting out, what was it? Infinity War, Han Solo, and uh, another big animated movie of theirs in a two month period and Han Solo did not do too well. Yeah. And it's like, well, <laughs> because people don't have the money to spend a hundred dollars going to the theater for a family. of yeah, four yeah. That's where it is. <laughs> well, and it's, yeah, you're not kidding. When we did our, um, 
uh, movie preview, it seems like this year during the summer and actually probably most of the year, every, at least every other week, if not every week, there's at least one Disney owned movie coming out. Yeah, uh, whether it's Marvel or, or, or Pixar or Lucas or now Fox. Uh, yeah, like that, that seems to just be the, the model now is these, these giant superhero movies and all the big major movies. It's, You've got one week, two weeks, make all your money because there's the next one's in line coming out. The next know? one's coming we're, out. We're, yeah. We're walking out of Endgame and there's the giant picture of the next X-Men Phoenix movie, whatever that is, you know, coming out in another couple of weeks or whatever. So it's, it's one after another these days. Well, I certainly don't uh, want, I did certainly didn't want this to become like, or to turn into like four old white guys. <laughs> bitch, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think, I don't, Consider a bitch and consider a commentary on you know what's going on in sorry. the fan world the right now. I'm sorry. Isn't that? <laughs> yeah. Just remember, get off my lawn. <laughs> well, I have a thought though. What? What? Uh, what can we go around? Like, what? What do you like? What's a, a comic book or a TV show or something that maybe you haven't heard everybody talking about that? that uh, maybe uh, we should be checking out. There's so much coming out. As we keep saying, there's so much stuff these days that things kind of fall off of our radar or, or we never even know about them. So does anyone have a, a project that uh, you're excited about currently that we, that hasn't been got, getting a lot of talk on shows like this? Well, this past weekend, I, I discovered that City of Heroes is back. Really? City of Heroes, the, the, the game? The MMORPG is back. Wow. Maybe. I'm up to level 12 on Excelsior. Yeah, I've heard of it. Now, yep. is that, uh, is that okay, back in the day, that was just a PC game, right? Oh, it's still a PC game. Okay, so it's it's not, it's just that platform? Yep, okay. as far as I know, yeah. Yep, yep. You got to do some downloading and wait for a bit to uh, to get everything to work, but once you're in, you're in, and it's like, sweet. It's being fan run right now. Okay, Yep. Oh, cool. So, yeah, I've I've heard people. I'm not a gamer at all, so I'm clueless about all this. Mm-hmm. But I, I've heard friends of mine wistfully recalling <laughs> how much they love yep. City of Heroes. It, it, it's like the superhero Warcraft. Mm. So it, it's got that kind of feel about it. But uh, if you get tired of fantasy, hey, you go over there, fetch me twelve penguin eggs. I know you're level ninety eight, but still, do it anyway. Um, this has more. Um, I think scope than than Warcraft does. Right now you actually work your way up to fight a villain. You know, that kind of thing. So do you, do you have yeah. a particular character that you're playing? I do probably can bear. you tell us about your character? Oh, he is a gay tank with a big ass. <laughs> nice. <laughs> What's his name? Proud Bear. Proud his, co- his costume is the rainbow colors from red to purple moving up and down. So yeah, you can't miss me. I've got a big black and pink cape. That's fantastic. Can't no capes. Me. No capes, darling. No capes. It's like no good look for you. <laughs> that's but no, funny. yeah, that's me. Yeah, and I, I always have I, someone who will message me going, "So gay? <laughs> like, <laughs> so duh." <laughs> I didn't make it very far. Like I, 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 I got the demo of that back and whenever you know it was yeah it's been gone for about a decade now yeah and i had a demo because i really wanted to get into it and i think i got as far as i created a character that was 
uh, a female character that was uber strong called uh, Brickhouse. Mm. And uh, yeah, she was she was she. Cool. Of course, she was a she. Of course, because she's a brick. Exactly. House. <laughs> but uh, I didn't get very far. Nah, I'm just on level twelve, so you know. That's as far as I've gotten with it right now. You so that's what I'm into. How many levels are there? 50. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. That's significant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Uh, Mike, anything that you're enjoying? Well, Judy and I just got done binge-watching a show that's been on for quite some time, but we finally went through the whole series of Mad Men, actually. Ooh. Oh, cool. And that's a nice series. Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. And it's a period of time that we both like, and it was just neat to see, you know, these very destructive characters going through the 60s and, you know, bringing some of the most familiar, iconic advertising to life. So it was, it was neat to see. So we've been, we've been doing a lot of that. We're getting ready to, we've watched already the first two episodes of Umbrella Academy, and that's been a lot of fun. Oh, that is excellent, by the way. Yeah. I won't spoil it. It's excellent. I've read the comic, so it should be interesting to see how much. Because right now it feels like they're taking right from the book. I think they did. So it was pretty awesome. And Judy's enjoying it too, which is a plus also. Now we've got to finally get back to watching Breaking Bad. You know, I've mm. I've heard that's a good series. <laughs> <laughs> have you? It's not bad. Yeah. It might have been acclaimed upon a time. <laughs> It was, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Wow, I didn't know you guys were doing Mad Men. That's cool. That's one of the ones that uh, I, I feel like I want to see at some point, but then I'm like, where am I going to get the time to do yeah, that? Well, exactly. I totally missed that one, too. No, it's a lot of fun, and John Hamm is just amazing in the series. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, you know, as Judy says, he's not bad on the eyes either. No, he is not. <laughs> Uh, nothing like, well, um, rather than talking about something like new, I am, but lately I have been immersing myself into, uh, film noir. Oh, wow. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I have, uh, uh, like I, I, I watched a, quite a bit of it, uh, you know, back when I was really into films and film school and all that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, you know, I watched like the big ones like DOA and Double Indemnity and Sunset Boulevard. And, and I kind of thought, okay, well, I've seen like the best. So, uh, some of the Bogart stuff. And, and I was like, I don't really need to, you know, see like all these others that were, that came out because they're just whatever. Uh, but, um, uh, Turner Classic Movies on Saturday night, uh, has a, uh, a show called Noir Alley. And it's hosted by Ellie, Eddie Muller. And this guy is really good. And he, he talks up the movie so well that you just are like, I need to watch this movie. Uh-huh. So, uh, so I've been watching these, I've been watching all these, these movies from the fifties, forties and fifties that, um, are just incredible. And, um, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm in discovering directors that I, I kind of knew their names, but I'm like Terrence Mann. And, uh, and stuff like that. And seeing like, there was a, uh, in the fifties, 1954, I think there was a remake of M, uh, that I had no knowledge of, uh, that starred, um, David Wayne as the, as the, the main, uh, antagonist. 
uh, and, uh, and just, just, uh, just enjoying the heck out of that and seeing like all this dark stuff. So I don't know what that says about me, uh, <laughs> right now really getting involved with, uh, uh, all these films where the main characters, uh, have no control over their lives whatsoever. And every step they make as too much as they try to make things better for themselves turns out to be worse. I don't know what that says about like what I might be going through right now, but <laughs> yeah, that sounds cool. <laughs> But uh, it's it's really cool. I do recommend uh, checking out um, uh, uh, Noir Alley because, uh, like I said, Eddie's a great host and uh, and he really does like take you through it so that you. Um, there was another one I watched, um, Operation. Uh, no, sorry, Border Incident, and that was uh, it. Starred Ricardo Montalban as an undercover cop. Oh. Um, just stuff like that. I mean, it's just like this is just great stuff. I am definitely going to check that out. So. Um, Kevin, what about you? What uh, what have been you've been yeah, loving? Lately? Let's see. Um, as far as TV shows, let's see. We just we just watched uh, Russian Doll. Has anybody seen that? Mm-hmm. That's a uh, Natasha Leone, who people would know from Orange Is the New Black, I think. Mm. And um, it's sort of kind of like a we well we did the Earth Station One uh, book club episode a year or so ago about replay the book replay, and it's right. sort of a riff on that sort of a concept where uh, Natasha's character keeps waking up on the same day and then going through the day and then she gets killed and then wakes up again. And it's, oh, wow. Again. So, um, um, it's, it's re- really cool, really stylish, really well done. Uh, and it's a short series. You can get through it really quick. They, it's like eight or 10 episodes or so. Oh, wow. Pretty short. Uh, yeah, I think it's Netflix. It's on one of those streaming things. Russian. So it's Dog. basically yeah, Groundhog it's Day with yeah. a bad turn somewhere along the way. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I recommend that. Uh, Killing Eve is really cool. Uh, that's in its second season right now. And that's uh, Sandra Oh is uh, in Europe and she's trying to catch a serial killer. And they're sort of both obsessed with each other, her and this, this young woman who is like a super spy serial killer. So it's sort of a cat and mouse game they're playing with each other. And that one's really fun too. I uh, just started the new season of Cobra Kai earlier today. <laughs> which I love so much. That is hilarious that that was. Oh, back. they got it so right, man! I loved that first season, and we—I we, just saw the first uh, new episode earlier today. But again, we know that I'm a the '80s nut around here. But uh, man, the, mm. it, the, it hits all the nostalgia notes, but it's also just a so nicely done, really fun show. That's pretty awesome. So much I need uh, uh, like everything you guys have mentioned, especially the ones on Netflix. I'm like. Yeah, that's in my queue. That's in like I, I, you know, that's in my queue. Like, love death and robots. That's in my queue. You know, I'm like, I'm like looking at all this stuff on Netflix, and I'm like, man, they are, they are really churning out some incredible. Yeah. Stuff. Oh no, they are. But again, we we find the problem of who's got the yeah, time. Yeah, you just have to pick, pick you know, a few. You who see, has you the can't time? Can't see them all. You just have to <laughs> catch a few. Exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I I was at uh, con a few years ago, and there was a line, and I didn't know I was kind of sort of in the line i just found a part of the wall i wanted to lean against for a minute take a little break from walking around and this girl comes up to me very you know hyper and says to me oh my god are you in the line for hits or something i forget what it was actually called and i'm like what is that and she dropped her bag in front of me and went oh my god (laughs) you don't know what that is and i'm just like Honey, don't start with <laughs> it's Sunday. I'm hot and tired, and I don't have a drink. So go away. Yeah, um, of um, course. I, you know, it's like, really? 
how can you how can you know everything? There's no way. There's no way. You'd have to be unemployed and have a backlog of like eight years of time. Yep. <laughs> it seems. It's a uh, we are truly blessed to be. Yeah, in, we are. Uh, that's why when in some ways it's hard to understand even more so all the hate that's out there because. You know, I mean, granted, I mean, a lot of people haven't, I mean, a lot of the young people, the millennials or whatever you want to call them, haven't been through what we've been through. But it's like, you know, when people are ragging on like, you know, things like Arrow and, and, uh, and, and Supergirl or whatever, we're like, do you know what we Oh, I know. <laughs> like, like, have you seen like the superhero shows from the 70s oh, saw Spider-Man. <laughs> you've heard of Shazam, you know. Or- yeah. Yeah, a lot of these, a lot of the Arrowverse uh, Berlanti shows, that there's so many of them and they, they pile up on my DVR and it, it feels like kind of a grind sometimes getting through them all. But I keep telling myself, I owe this to 11-year-old me who never yeah. conceived yeah. of a universe. I have the, I have the whole second season of Black well, Lightning look. still to watch. <laughs> I haven't even gotten The first the season was season amazing. Yet. It was truly Didn't amazing. Didn't even get to it yet. Yeah. First season was good. It was yeah, really good. Absolutely. I, I, got, I got through that. But I haven't had a chance to like go. Oh, there's another season. You know, okay. After Game of Thrones is over, I'm planning on getting rid of HBO again. But you know, but I know, but I know, oh, yeah. but I know Watchmen Everyone is coming. Is. Too, though. <laughs> no, you can no enough enough, and I'm a DC wow. fan. Enough enough of Watchmen. It looks oh, interesting. <laughs> I, I have enough. I have enough dystopia in my everyday life. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I'll give it a try. I just can't look away. It's Watchmen. I have to. I have to try. Can't look away. I have to try it. <laughs> oh sure, sure. Yeah, it's like yeah. I will be. It'll be hard pressed to know. Like, okay, am I watching Watchmen or is this a uh, is this CNN? Like, is this a documentary? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that the quote? Who watches the Watchmen? Yep. Yep. Well, it's me. <laughs> it's Kevin. <laughs> is it you? It's is Kevin. It <laughs> I just want to sit the kids down and say, okay, we're going to watch two shows. We're going to watch the first episode of Arrow, and you're going to tell me how bad it sucked. <laughs> and then I, and then I'm going to put in a VHS tape of Legends uh, of the Oh, I love it. <laughs> and then you can tell me you have a complaint about that episode of Arrow you saw. I love Legends and of the I, and so Until much. Mordru is on a jet ski, <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Hell, that makes that makes the Incredible <laughs> Hulk gross. look like pure gold, truthfully. Oh, that's, that was the best thing that ever happened. I know, right? Wow. <laughs> Bill Bixby yeah. and his electric Don't make me mad, You wouldn't like me when I'm at... And how they had to change his name. From we all tuned Bruce in to David because Bruce wasn't butch enough. That was hilarious. We all tuned in as a nation to watch the Fonz jump a shark. Yes, that's true. We did. Yeah. Yeah. We we were there when that phrase was called. Oh yeah. We all it's like, oh, it's done we, now. But we all tuned in also when we <laughs> saw BJ say goodbye to Hawkeye. You know, and the helicopter pulled away. True. Oh yeah. And that yeah. was event TV. Who shot Jr. Because it once they showed it, they would never show it again. There wasn't a rerun, you know. I mean, there were reruns, but it wasn't like it was going to be oh, like in the, the whole hour the and a half movie What's again. A rerun? What's a rerun? Mm. Well, the and yeah, the the obviously TV watching has changed so much than since we were young. But um, I do like the fact that 
with Game of Thrones in particular, there seems to be that feeling once again of, hey, everybody is watching the same thing. And it's not everybody, obviously, but a lot of people are watching the same mm-hmm. thing now and they can all, we can all share it. You know, I mean, that, that's water cooler TV. That sense cool because, yeah, I mean, now at the water cooler, people are like, do you watch this? I don't know. Did you binge that? No, I haven't binge that yet. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. And they're like, each, like four people are talking about like, eight different shows that only Mm -hmm. the, that that nobody else watches, you know? Well, exactly. Or one of the cool things yesterday, we did a panel at who yesterday. And one of the things somebody said in the audience, it says who would have thought 30 years ago when we were watching Tom Baker or somebody like that, that 30 years in the future, that Dr. Who would be one of the most popular TV shows in the world. If you think about mm-hmm. it that way, yeah, it's pretty amazing because we used to get teased about, oh, you watch that show on PBS with the strings on the spaceships and the aliens with the zippers, you know. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So. I mean, Star Trek wasn't much better for their special effects. Come on. Yep. I mean, Space 1999, we watched all that stuff because <laughs> it was all that we had. <laughs> we, we loved. We were terrified of slee stacks. Oh, totally slee stacks. <laughs> Hell, I'm still terrified by that damn space dragon <laughs> from Space 1999. I mean, all, all you need to do is sit sit everybody down in a room and go, this is what Saturday mornings used to be like. <laughs> the sleep stacks were Play seriously them. creepy and scary. They were very creepy. Think of yourself as a five to seven year old with a bowl of cereal and just put in everything that Sid and Marty Croft ever did. <laughs> and you're going to come out of that room like, I need drugs now. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. I, that's 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 considered torture now, Darren. <laughs> like, they, they would call defects on you. Uh, there's uh, no this way. This is why can... I don't have kids. This <laughs> is why me too. Yes. Yeah, cats. That's why right, you, you can't cats. sit through a Bugaloo's marathon. You're not kid enough for me. <laughs> Although, oh I... my god, I play. I was finding theme songs for the sing along we were doing at Hulanta this week, mm. and I put the bugaloos on, and Judy says, what the hell is that? <laughs> oh, my God. Poor Judy. Mm. <laughs> well, I'm, I don't know. Don't even get me started on animation these days, because that's a whole other thing. Well, that's a whole other. If you don't have a toy, you don't have a show, so there you go. I don't know if, uh, it's, if it's that. I mean, that, that, I mean, look, that started in the 80s. So. Well, it, it did, but also I don't trust any show on Cartoon Network because it'll be there for six episodes and then disappear. I don't know. Or, or, they'll, or they'll put it on at like 1 a.m. or something. They, they treated some of my favorite shows really yeah, poorly. Cartoon, Network's, that Cartoon Network. Network scheduling is bizarre. And uh, yes, even, even the people, I mean, friends of mine work on a show at Cartoon Network, and they were always baffled and clueless about when their show would be on. Because <laughs> it's it's always uh, what's that? Uh, not Ben Ten, but Johnny Test yeah, is what I'm yeah. thinking. It's always Johnny Test. It's like really? That's it. My friend show is on this, this, this week. By the way, my friend show is on Mighty Magisaur. It's created by good friends of the Flopcast, and uh, they're, fi- they're finally showing uh, the second half of season two over the next week or so, I believe. So check that out, kids. Mighty Magiswords. Plug plug there you nice. go. plug plug plug. Well, cool. Well, I think uh, I all, think all uh, I think they're going to get ready to kick us out of the comic shop. Uh, I Are think, they? Uh, I think we better uh, ring up our sales. It's and, not Wednesday. 
<laughs> it will be when this airs, Darren. Come on. Oh, oh, I, I, I follow now. <laughs> Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Sorry. Exactly. Exactly. But um, no, I think uh, yeah, this was about as random as you could expect. <laughs> oh, it always is when we get these people together. <laughs> so, so hopefully, uh, those people of uh, people listening have uh, enjoyed this a little bit. Um, and of course, if there's anything that we've commented on. Um, uh, please, A, don't take it too seriously. And B, like, let us know what you what you think, uh, because uh, we can continue this conversation across all of our social media. That seems to be what it's for, I hope. Yeah, keep that hate uh, mail coming in that we were complaining about earlier. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come on, bring it in. Uh, I, I'm just wondering, are we going to have a, this panel at Dragon for four old white dudes complaining? <laughs> Let's make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty hilarious I, 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 folks at the podcast track bring us on <laughs> exactly <laughs> very cool well thanks guys and uh, we will be right back with the ESO network coming up with one ton of words to describe what a job it was when we met the first time running out on my line trying to find me a fish to hook that I'd want to make mine Welcome to A Geek Girl's Take. I'm your host, Angela, and this week, this geek girl is talking about the Battle of Winterfell episode. So, it's been almost two weeks, so I figured I'm okay to talk about the Battle of Winterfell episode on Game of Thrones. First off, so many people were waiting for this episode. Who's going to live? Who's going to die? I know a lot of people made bingo boards to go along with it. I figured they wouldn't kill off, really, any of the main characters we've seen over the years, If anyone is going to kill the Lannisters, it's going to be their confrontation with their sister. So I knew Jaime and Tyrion were safe. And plus, they can't kill the Khaleesi because, you know, Daenerys has to make it to that next battle too. The same with Jon Snow. Arya, Sansa, yeah, I knew they were going to survive. Because we're going to have this super epic battle coming. And if anyone is going to, like, dive in... It's going to be during that, not during the White Walker battle. It was super, super hyped up, and I think that's to keep our minds off Cersei, who freaking killed one of her kids, albeit unintentionally, to get the throne. So I'm expecting that fight to be way more brutal than the one with the White Walkers. And that's saying a lot, since this battle was pretty brutal. We got to see Arya be the boss that she is, and we got to see a very heartfelt moment with Sansa and Tyrion, which those two I still adore in this series. And there's a lot of characters I started liking and then didn't like, or I started hating and now I do like. So those two have been pretty consistent. And the amount of growth for Sansa has just been crazy, and it's easily made her one of my favorite characters. I am interested to see how Danny's character acts when the battle with Cersei comes and how she acts leading up to it because they're both crazy ambitious and will do whatever it takes to get what they want. And that is terrifying. And also poor Jon Snow. He's just kind of sitting there in the middle, not wanting to be king and just kind of wanting to have the war stop and have one ruler who's not super duper crazy. Also, I'm happy we got to see the Night King and all of his creepiness for so much of the episode. It was actually pretty cool. But can someone please tell me what his night posse was doing? Because they rolled up at the end with him, but let him die with, like, out helping him and really doing nothing. They looked really, really cool, but that's kind of all they served the purpose for. 
So I think this battle being so early in the season is a great hype for the rest of the season and kind of really, really helps lead us into that final brutal battle that we are going to get. I just hope the next battle is better lit because I understand they were going for the ambient, dark, horror theme, but unless like you pumped the brightness up on your TV, it was a little hard to see some stuff at times. Well, thanks for listening to A Geek Girl's Take. What will I talk about next week? Well, you're going to have to listen to find out. For the week of May 5th, it is the ESO Network Con Report. Well, we've got a few dates in May where you can find ESO Network folks at. Starting this weekend, May 10th, in Cyberville. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Maybe Cyberville. I don't know. I'm sorry. S-E-V-E-I-R-V-I-L-L-E. Tennessee. Um, uh, there is a wrestling event uh, sponsored by KFW called the Daredevils of Wrestling. And the PWR Spot Show uh, will be recording live right in the very ring. Uh, Richard will be there with various guests, various wrestlers who will be performing. Uh, it's fun. He's done, a, I think, a couple of these already. So um, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun thing, especially if you like indie wrestling. Uh, check that out. And, of course, uh, we're happy for Richard uh, for being part of that as well. Uh, be the PWR guys in general. So, um, so that'll be May 10th. Uh, and then towards the end of May, May 24th through the 26th, is Treklanta. Now, unfortunately, Mike and I will not be able to attend Treklanta this year, but the Nerd Bliss will have things under control. They will be representing the ESO Network. Chris and Dan, in, in particular, will be there, and they'll be participating in panels and uh, doing all things Trek uh, at Treklanta. Uh, and then also that weekend, May 25th, uh, Kevin Eldridge, who is also on this pod- this very podcast, uh, will be... Um, uh, he, he's appearing in a band that apparently plays every 10 years. And this will be their third concert in 30 years. Uh, it is God's Comics at the Hearing Room in Lowell, Massachusetts. Uh, they uh, specialize in covers of Elvis Costello, as well as uh, The Monkees and uh, Men at Work. So, yes, uh, a very uh, odd trio of covers. But uh, you want to hear Kevin play, uh, check out. Uh, I believe tickets are on sale. You can get them ahead of time. It is The Hearing Room in Lowell, Massachusetts for God's Comics. So those are going to be the places where you can find ESO Network folks at. Uh, and if you've got an event that you want us to help participate in or promote, please reach out to us because we love talking about convention. <laughs> And one convention that we love talking about, and unfortunately this will be the last time we get to, last year for it, that we get to talk about it, is Hulanta, which was this past weekend, May 3rd through the 5th. Um, uh, Mike, uh, Hulanta has been such a big part. You started going to Hulanta before I did. Oh, yeah. I went, started in 2009 that I started going. So the fact that this is, so you've been going for 10 years. Uh, yes. Um, and... Uh, I've been going for maybe off and on uh, about five or six. 
And uh, so you and I went the first year as Earth Station One because we weren't even Earth Station Who yet. Uh, we did. We were there in 2011. Well, Earth I can remember Park. you were there. Yeah, you were there prior to me being there. But, uh, um, but yeah, because you. Uh, yeah, because so you went to a you went there a few times before the podcast. Yes, sir. Gotcha. Because I then, took William, you know, it was a great thing for a dad and William outing type thing. In a lot of ways, Hulanta is responsible for the birth of the ESO network. Oh, very much so. Because you know we had we had met Doctor Scott uh, originally in 2011, and we met him when we were interviewing Sophie Aldridge for the first time. Uh huh. And when we were all sitting around in the con suite and we were sitting on the floor and Scott was sitting up on the couch with Sophie and we were all just talking to her and we just, we struck up a friendship and, you know, we didn't even really think much about it. And then the next year we were doing a podcasting panel and we had already started thinking about spinning Earth Station One off into a separate podcast called Earth Station Who. Because we during that year we had met Phantom, and you know we were just starting to think about it, and then we met Jason and Rita Delatori at the podcasting panel that we did, and they were talking about you know starting a podcast and everything, and you know we of course we said hey if you do it you know if you ever get around to it maybe we're thinking about maybe creating a network or something you guys could join with us, and you know be founding members of it and. The rest is history. Pretty much within like three days, they had their first episode ready to go. If you're a, a longtime listener of the Air Station One podcast, you know very well that uh, both Mike and I are big Doctor Who fans. Um, Mike started Air Station One as a as a Doctor Who podcast, and and then I joined, and we we reviewed uh, and talked about Doctor Who a lot mm-hmm. uh, every so episode. Much, yeah, so much so that. Uh, we 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 were like, hey, we want to talk about other things as well, but how do we balance that out? And the answer was, we need to split it off into a, its own podcast. So that's how Earth Station Who was born, uh, which uh, you and I are both founding members of. And um, the but the so those people who maybe have been listening to Earth Station One over the past, oh, I don't know, four or five years may not know that how much we love Doctor Who because we probably don't talk about it as much on the mothership or station one as we do, uh, of course, because we've got a separate podcast on our station who for that. But um, but both Mike and I love Doctor Who, the franchise. So the convention right here in our backyard that celebrates Doctor Who that you can get together with a lot of other fans of Doctor Who and just enjoy, celebrate, talk, relax, uh, go to panels, uh, be on panels, uh, is just, uh, the atmosphere has always been, uh, top notch, met so many cool people, uh, that we've interacted with either, uh, in the podcast or just in real life. Um, this, this convention made a difference. Uh, this convention, um, uh, is, is, a, it was very impactful for us, uh, podcasting wise, as well as personally as well so very sad to hear that this was going to be potentially the going to be the last one um and there's a lot of things still up in the air but for all intents and purposes right now this past uh, as, as things speak right now there is the last hulanta was uh took place last weekend 
And, uh, you know, there was a lot of like nostalgia trips, of course, a lot of people talking about, you know, this being the last one. And there was uh, some presentations that don't normally get done, of course, at these, at the show. Um, But by and large, it was the same Hulanta that we've come to expect, which we love, which is getting together with a bunch of people that, that uh, love the same things and just talking about uh, geek stuff, you know, having, having debates, not, not arguments, not in each other's face, everybody respectful of one another. Uh, everybody knows one another um, and, uh, and just having fun. And uh, we managed to, uh, both Mike and I were on a bunch of panels, some together, some uh, separate, and, uh, and j- at, hung out at a table, talked to a lot of people uh, that we knew, uh, that we've known for years, and talked to some people that we just met. There was a lot of people that there, I was surprised at how many people were there for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, exactly. It was amazing how many new friends we met over the weekend. And it was also pretty darn cool how many of them just came over to our table and sat down and just started talking to us. It yeah. Was, it was awesome. Yeah, we're going to miss the show. I mean, I understand the reasons why the organizers are moving on and uh, and that happens. And un- unfortunately, when there's no one ready to take over, uh, these things happen. So um, I don't know what the future holds, but uh, I'm very uh, privileged and, and thankful for the uh, the memories uh, that have been created at Hulanta's past, including this past one. And, and uh, yeah, there was a bunch of people from ESO Network there. Of course, Mike and I were there. Uh, Kirby, who helps us out with the ESO Book Club, was there. Um, Joe and Tony from Watchathon and Rassilon. Uh, Dr. Geek and, uh, and his wife were there. Uh, Jason Arita, of course, the, the transmissions. Man, have they come a long way from from being this uh, couple that uh, didn't know anything about podcasting to now they're doing their own uh, audio adventures, movies, you know, they're, they're just the sky's the limit for those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicole uh, from the Terminus uh, podcast, um, our former uh, uh, ESO co-host Jennifer Hartshorn uh, did a great job uh moderating some panels uh so it was good to see her and to have her back we recorded some panels as well uh some of the panels that we were on uh the earth station one uh sorry the earth station who panel that we did uh will be uh aired um as the next earth station episode of earth station who so people can check that out uh the topic was who's your first doctor so we all reminisce about that us and on the panel as well as the people in the audience and then mike and i participated in some panels that we recorded which will be available to our patrons so uh, we're excited to reveal those in the coming weeks it'll be very interesting to see you know what people's thoughts are and such because i know you know if you're a patron and you'll get these episodes as bonuses for you. And it's just going to be, you know, a lot of fun reliving them, talking about stuff like Downton Abbey, talking about Outlander, talking all about, you know, just different things that we've done. And it's been pretty cool that we were able to do it. We even uh, did the Red Dwarf panel this year. And I know, Mike, you did the 50th anniversary of for Her Majesty's Secret Service. That's correct. With uh, the award-winning artist Mark Maddox was on that panel with me. Exactly. Well. Congratulations again, Mark. By the way, <laughs> for another rondo. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they should just go ahead and name that the Maddox Award at this point. At least the artist. They should call it the Mark Maddox Rondo Award. They should call it the Mark Maddox, the Ron, the, the yeah, the Mark Maddox Artist of the Year Rondo Award. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's a great idea. Uh, but very excited. Uh, hanging out with a good friend of the station, Kelly Yates. And look, there's too many people. I mean, there's too many people in the name uh, that, that we uh, love seeing at Hulanta. And, and yeah, it's going to be weird without it next year. Um, there are other conventions, sure. Um, heck, there's another great Doctor Who convention that we love, which is Con Castaburras, which didn't happen this year, which uh, will supposedly be back next year. So, so uh, you know, I where I, I'd like to say that will easily take its place, but the fact of the matter is, is that Hulanta was its own entity, and uh, I, I dare say that we will not see its like again. But that doesn't mean that something else won't come along to 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 be similar. But uh, for all the people that uh, you know, the efforts of the staff uh, through all the years, including this weekend, uh, particularly Alan Alan Siler, who who was uh, the main man behind Hulanta and TimeGate, uh, it was called TimeGate prior to that. Um, uh, you know, a big thank you, a big mahalo mucho, big props because. Uh, we we owe them a lot. It was a great uh, great run. And can't any think last of anything. Words, Mike? Last words? No. <laughs> so no. Uh, so yeah, that's the con report. Uh, that's for that's who Lanta. And look, like I said, look ahead to uh, uh, hear some reports of some of the panels that we were on uh, being released. Uh, either like I said, our station who. who uh, we'll release one episode, uh, one panel, and then the rest will be available to our patrons. So you want to join that? So mm-hmm. exactly, and it's gonna be it's gonna be missed. It really is. Thank you know goodness we do have hopefully next year Con K to fill the void, but it still doesn't feel like Kulanta. Right. Yeah, Con K is a great show. We love that show uh, for different reasons. And uh, it's a celebration of Doctor Who as well. So we definitely support that show and are looking forward to that. And I'm not, I'm not in any way suggesting that it's a replacement for Hulanta, but, um, um, you know, it, it's, it'll be good to have that one as well. And uh, certainly it's an, it'll be nice to be able to go and hang out with friends and celebrate Doctor Who at a, at a very intimate setting. So uh, that, that uh, that's exactly what Hulanta was. And, and uh and most conventions should be uh so um so if there are some conventions that you guys know about that uh you know we you think we should check out that we should add to our schedule uh please reach out to us because we love talking about and we love hearing about conventions So that's going to wrap up another episode of the Earth Station One podcast. Let's thank our guests for being here and being so random, or as we like to call it, four old white guys. Kevin, thank you, sir. Always a pleasure to be up here on the station, guys. Anytime you want to do some geek talk, I'm at your service. I don't think I got done typing, hey, do you want to be on the show? (laughs) And you're like, yes! (laughs) Of course I do. You have no idea how lonely I am and how much free time I have. No, no, I'm fine. fine. Chicken Town is a lonely, lonely. Apparently, the Flopcast, the Flopcast is like a half-hour show, so that leaves me with 167 and a half hours for the whole rest of the week. I thought you were listening to filk music the rest Uh. of the (laughs) week. A lot of filking, yes. 
But uh, that yeah, is awesome. I, I will uh, throw out that plug though, and uh, yeah, that's my goofy show here on the ESN Network is the Flopcast. So uh, please check us out. Actually, the next show coming out uh, will be our seventh anniversary show. Ooh! Wow. Congratulations! Happy anniversary! Every single week for the last seven years, we've done a very, very ridiculous podcast for you. For you. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something because I mean we. We pride ourselves uh, on uh, our station one here of coming out with a show every week. It's not easy, and uh, and the fact that you guys have done that as well. I mean, it's it's a credit to you guys. I mean, if nothing else, I mean the consistency has been fantastic. We're just cranking them out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't think they could do. You know, as you like to say, what you could do almost a episode a day for you guys. For a we, year, we just released episode three hundred and sixty-five, and we pointed out that you could listen to one episode a day for a whole year through those three hundred sixty-five episodes. And uh, yesterday, I got an email from one of our regular listeners saying that he is going to do exactly that. Yeah, he just he just launched a year-long project based on that goofy suggestion I threw out, and he is doing. Wow! You've created a monster, Kevin. Wow! It's a daily show now, kids. <laughs> Wow, that is that's just that's just frightening alone right there. Plus, just, someone needs to someone needs to make a document. By the time he's done, there's going to be another fifty-two shows for him to listen to. Wow, there's, there's, I, I'm keen to see what the effects will be. Sort of like a supersize me kind of documentary. You know, I, I'm I'm curious to see what the effects will be. <laughs> wow, be a fifty. Fair. There'll be a fifty-two more. Wow. So when he starts listening to that one, it'll be a year later. But the heroes will be younger and not so. You know, set in their ways and everything, right? Very, yeah, Thanos is going to get involved. It's going to be very complicated the way this whole exactly. time shift is going to work for this guy. Yeah, Superman and Lois won't be a thing. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see. That's really that's cool. very cool. And how could people find the Flopcast? Flopcast, well, it's right here on the ESO network, and we are also at flopcast.net. Yay! And Darren, thank no you. No worries. Glad I could help out. Oh, you are awesome. Well, as always. I try. I do try. <laughs> of course. And where can people find you? When uh, <laughs> on the internet. Well, let me um, rephrase that. Yeah, please, please rephrase that. Um, I'm <laughs> uh, Legion Substitute Podcasters.com where we talk about the Legion goodness. We just started to re-review some of the Legion five year laters from 1989. So that's where we are right now in that stuff. And then occasionally I'm here for the Dragon Con report and occasionally for the LGBT uh, thing. So I've got a plans for that next one. So we're, we're going to work on that one. We're going to visit everyone's favorite auntie. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It'll be okay. I promise. I know. It won't be painful. You haven't, you haven't steered us too well. Well, that's yet. good to know. Yes. Give me, give it's me time. Awesome. Oh, we have. <laughs> we have. No, John, John Waters wasn't bad enough. <laughs> if you... Th- Darren, if you think about it, you've been on this podcast longer than Mike Gordon has. Oh, that's true. So, you know, you predate that. No, not in a row. God, no. (laughs) He's he's a lot smarter than I am. (laughs) I have other things I had to do. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's, it's what I admire most of Darren, actually. (laughs) Was that it? (laughs) But Darren ran screaming and you didn't? But. I didn't run screaming. I just, I just am very careful with my with my word these days. 
<laughs> you know how uh, it's it like the previous doctors, whenever there's a new regeneration of the previous doctor always says to the, the first one gives them the advice of just do three and out. No one gave me any advice oh, when I oh. joined. <laughs> Too late for you, Mr. Baker. <laughs> so Mikey, we made it through another one, my friend. And as always, it's my pleasure, sir. Anything you want to shout out about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we already talked about uh, Hulanta and uh, our feelings about that show and uh, the fact that it's the last one. But I also wanted to give a special shout out to uh, Joe and Tony. I know I gave them a shout out uh, a week or so ago because uh, I had joined them for an episode of Watchathon of Rassilon. But I joined them again for another show. <laughs> uh, you really they, are a glutton for punishment, aren't you? They record, yeah, well, they are, yes. Uh, they recorded live. Uh, we recorded an episode of Watchathon of Rassilon where we reviewed the Macroterra, which is a, uh, a classic um, lost episode of uh the the um uh, patrick Troughton years the second doctor and it's been recently animated so there's a new version of it out uh, with new visuals uh old audio and uh so we reviewed that and uh it was really a lot of fun uh joe tony myself uh alan seiler was on that as well um uh, and there was another panelist but I, I didn't get his name there was there may or may not have been some drinking involved uh, and there may or may not have been some video of it. So I'm not sure exactly how it's going to be released, but uh, look for that soon. That is awesome. I can't wait to hear it. Definitely. And I'm looking forward to actually finally watching that one. That's one of the only uh, Troughton ones that are now available, well, soon to be available here in the States, that I've not seen yet. So it's really something I'm looking forward to seeing. And you could not stop raving about it. So it's cool. Yeah, it's fun. It's going to be fun when we when we uh, review it for Earth Station Who. Yeah, sometime in October, probably. Because, hell, we have the time. There's no Doctor Who for a while. So it should be very interesting to see. Okay, my shout-out real quick. I'm going to actually play off what you talked about a little bit. Uh, but I'm going to go more on... We did you know, talk a bit about Who Lanta during the Con Report, but I wanted to just give a personal thanks to... Alan and Daniel and all their crew. Uh, it was awesome. You know, Hulanta was true magic. They brought us into their arms. And, you know, we've been going to Hulanta since as Earth Station One or Earth Station Who later, uh, you know, basically since, gosh, 2011. I can't believe it was eight years ago. And I had been taking William to that con for two years before that. So, you know, since, you know, basically 2009, this has been my Doctor Who con. And Alan and everybody has always been very welcoming, very friendly, very, you know, considered us family. And I can't thank them enough for that. It was, it was just amazing. And we're going to miss it. We really are. It always was like a big family reunion. We met Dr. Scott through that. We met Debbie Vigay through that. We met Jason and Rita through that. And so many others that I couldn't, you know, even name right now. It would probably take another 45 minutes to do. But, you know, it's always great when we get to, you know, see them. And hopefully we'll, you know, find each other again at another con and, you know, probably Dragon Con. But still... It's some. I loved the small feel to it and the close feel to it. It felt like a true geek family reunion, and it will be missed. 
you know, if you want, do send us your memories of cons that, you know, that are no longer existing and, you know, what they meant to you and stuff. We definitely would like to hear that. You could write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or, you know, talk to us about us being four old white guys t- complaining and telling people about geekdom. It's awesome. It was really fun. And guys, thank you for that. We really enjoyed just after what we went through with Endgame last week. It's awesome just to have something like this, just to chill. Last week was just oh, <laughs> between Endgame. End yeah, I'm, I'm still emotionally like drained. I can't, I have nothing for anyone right now. Yeah, like, exactly. No. Especially yeah. if you watch Game of Thrones this week, it didn't let up. Uh, no, it did not nope, help. Nope, no. nope, 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 nope. A lot, a lot of, nope. of nope there. Nope, nope. But, and you know, and nope. the new Spider-Man trailer. Ah. I nope. don't want to even talk about that. I didn't watch that. it. I don't want to be spoiled because I heard there's spoilers big time in it and stuff. Well, there's there's spoilers if you are uh, like there's a there's a thing that says if you haven't watched Endgame, you shouldn't watch this trailer. So no. it spoil it does spoil Endgame. Then I don't want to see it because you know because <laughs> you don't want an Endgame spoiled. No, I don't want to. I don't want to have to relive it again. That's it. <laughs> you will. I know. I know. You'll cry all over again. I know. Well, speaking of crying, we'll be back again next week. <laughs> Sadly enough, uh, we'll be back again next week, and it's ESO Book Club time again. That's right, and we are going to be reviewing This Perfect Day by Ira Levin, a good science fiction book. You know, kind of dystopian type book and actually suggested to us by none other than Judy Faber. So it's going to be a lot of fun to have her on the show and tell us why she picked this book for us to read. So it should be, you know, very interesting to do. And it's been a while since she sat in with us. So until then, my name is Mike Faber. It's been my pleasure to talk to each and every one of you and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. And we're done. Boom. You've been listening to the Air Station One podcast, a show by fans for fans. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to our show up on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are found. While you're up there, please rate us and remember to leave feedback. It would greatly be appreciated. And remember to tell your friends all about us while you're at it. Air Station One is available on most social media sites where you can join some really great topics or chats. Help support our show by shopping through our Amazon.com link or purchasing very cool ESO Network clothing and merchandise at our T Public store. Links to both are found on the top of our ESO Network webpage. Become a patron of the ESO Network by backing us up on Patreon for as little as 25 cents a week. Go to patreon.com slash ESO Network to sign up. We want to hear from you. Please write us at earthstation1 at esonetwork.com or call us at 404-963-9057. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time here on the Earth Station One podcast. Peace, and we're done. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.